welcome to another episode of characters in class i am oh fuck i fucked it up <laughs> no you keep this and you forgot your own name <laughs> this is fine Welcome to welcome to another episode of Characters in Class, where we roll up D&D characters without prior planning or thought. I'm Colin Carlton, and you are... Matt Fillion. And we are joined today by our first ever guest, John Owen. I, my, uh, we have been how long? Two and a half years now? Been uh, uh, on a, in a weekly campaign of some con- uh, variety or another? Two and a half years, that's right. Punk rock aficionado, raconteur... D&D player, DM to the stars. Yeast rancher, luge enthusiast, yes. (laughs) Um, So as we're winging it with our very first ever guest uh, character creator, um, I wanted to ask, first of all, how long have you been building characters? Like, is this a a lifelong process or was it a a childhood thing with a very long break in between? How did it go? No, the second of those, definitely. Um, I from about 1986 on. I, I started D&D in the Red Box era and then got into Band Sons and Dragons in second edition. And uh, I remember them as idyllic Sundays alone in my bedroom, building a character and then using the dungeon randomizer in the back of the Dungeon Master's Guide to take that character through a randomized dungeon alone. But in retrospect, it was actually probably a little bit sad. A little lonely. <laughs> the The number of people I hear about that fell in love with making D&D characters and had no one to play with is, I think they outnumber people that actually had someone to play the game with. What's the first thing you think of when you jump in to start? When you, like, do you, where do you start? What's uh, I, I always joke around that I start with backgrounds myself. Like I go, instead of anything else, I want to know what the person did before they became an adventurer. Where do you, what's your first jumping off point after you've rolled your dice? After I roll the dice? Yeah. No, before I roll before the you. dice. <laughs> Uh, Matt, you've played with me long enough to know that ability scores are secondary mm-hmm. um, and sometimes don't matter at all. It, it's a it's a concept. It's a vibe or a hook. Mm. Um, I'll I'll see a I'll see something or somebody on the street or you know there's a character in my head that I just want to work out or explore. And I'm not an author. I'm not. I'm bad at that. Not like you. And I'll just see what happens when I map that onto. Uh, a D&D character. I think you're not giving yourself enough credit <laughs> as a character <laughs> creator, but, I, but that's the, I, I actually love that people use this as an outlet for storytellers. I, I, the number of folks that be, that are actual working authors are like, yeah, this started off as a campaign. You know, like some of the big fantasy uh, books of the 80s and 90s were like, yeah, it started off in my kitchen. Um, I think you can notice that if you're really yeah. looking, if you're really paying attention. So as always, we'll do... Um, we do the generous rule of the 46 drop the lowest uh, assigned stats as needed. And for the at first, any first time listeners, we do the Tasha's rules of kind of plunking the stats down where you need to, just so that we aren't kind of pigeonholing the characters into predestined roles. Oh, GCP, this is pressure. <laughs> All right. Real dice. Here we go. First roll is a 14. Not bad. And we have a 14. Sounds about right. And then we have a 14. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> Followed by a 13. 13. Okay. 10. 10. All right. Come on. I got one more. Yep. Yep. Come on. Dump stat. 14. 14. Oh, this is, <laughs> you're going to have a very interesting challenge here because none of them is a stellar. You don't have any seven, 16, 17, 18s, but you got, you're good at everything, but, and, and just moderately okay at one. I think this means you work for the government. Yeah. <laughs> um, Colin, you want to go next? 15. Okay. 13. 15. Oh boy. That was three fives and a one right there. Okay, here we go. Seven. Seven. There's the dump stat. Okay. Good stuff. Uh, four. There we oh go. Oh, boy. <laughs> or no, wait, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Eight. Eight for that Eight. One. Okay. <laughs> Twelve. 12. All right. I was going to say four. I don't think we've had that, but like, that's like slightly more intelligent than a house cat. Yeah. Um, I might as well just make a familiar if I ever get that. Yeah. Um, and I'll roll a set. We're going to say we'll have the two of you build first, and then we might do a speed round at the end. Uh, just we're not biting off more than we can. We like to keep the show to a moderate length, but I'll keep the stats in the back pocket. And if we fly through, maybe we, we team up and uh, do a character in five minutes to see what happens. So uh, yeah, I'll record that. All right. First one is. 13. Second is 
17. Uh, do 15. Apparently, this is going to be that kind of a night. 13. Do I got one left or two? Uh, you got two. Two. Jeez. Okay. Uh, 16. Okay. Creating superheroes tonight instead of. Uh, and 13. Wow. Okay, so you had three 13s. Why? A okay. 15, a 16, and a 17. I'm going to save these stats and bring them to a campaign with the DM that is trying to kill me. That'll be my, <laughs> my game plan. Like this, this next time I'm playing with someone who just does a barbarically brutal campaign, I'm like, let me bring somebody with like a 16 con just to start with. Um, this is my nightmare. <laughs> I, isn't it though? Like, you, like give me, I need to, I, I really, I want one high one one dump stat and then enough to not have a negative in hit points. That's all I really um, want for like for a character. I, I can make this really fast, guys. I, I've got it. All right. He's an elf. He's a drow elf. He's a ranger. And he's got a panther companion. Of course. A panther. I really, yeah. yeah gotta, I know. Go, gotta go straight with the original. Nobody's ever made one of those before. No, no. This is this is my idea. I heard I heard a theory the other day that um Salvatore didn't originate that it was part of a zeitgeist that we didn't know existed that was just out there in the world like a whole bunch of people playing dark elf rangers with with animal companions and he was just was the one who happened to be in the right place at the right time to tell the story publicly <laughs> and make it it's, but apparently it just happens so often the people who haven't even heard of forgotten realms that's the first thing they want to do wait wait, wait. matt i'm getting the impression that you're accusing me of ripping off our salvatore i want to be very <laughs> clear here this particular character is great weapon master Oh, not dual will. We're changing this. Okay, we're changing right. we're changing things up a little bit. All right, so I obviously got to do something. Any ideas on dump stats there, Colin? I think what I'm gonna do got two massive low ones, and then everything else isn't. Yeah, you're, you get the, and you, you get two fifteens right up uh -huh. at the top. Actually, it's funny you get slightly less of a challenge than I don't know. What do you do with four fourteens? I suppose you pick you pick a class. <laughs> and then, yeah. then drop a two a plus two into something roll with it yeah i mean really is there anything else you can do with it you know just because i haven't just because i haven't done it on here i'm gonna go with a druid you know druids really only need the one good stat too if you, as long as you get good wisdom in the druid you can pretty much while you're in wild shape or do some other shenanigans to, to get yourself into a good spot mm -hmm. so i feel like those those two low ones aren't gonna hurt me really that much yeah, druids can always fix the low stats if they if they have to. And I like or the, lean into it. I, I do I like the idea of uh, druids maybe being able to not be so intelligent. Mm -hmm. They can kind of they can kind of lean into a, a ditzy realm and still be a pretty all right at what they do. Um, where are you putting that ten, John? <laughs> you know, I think I'm going to play it straight down the line. Yeah. Um, 14, 14, 14, 13, 10 in a row. I think those are my stats. You know, what's what's uh what's that make it 10, 10 wisdom? Uh 10 charisma. 10 charisma. Yeah. So uh yeah, a wisdom-based caster, perhaps, or a mm -hmm. dexterity-based class. Um, you know what? I'm gonna go with could, a cleric. Cleric. Wisdom cleric, yeah, actually, because you're not hobbling yourself on any of the any of the stats that a cleric could need, because you can you could be a strength or or a um, dexterity cleric, or you could be a just go straight into spellcasting and not even worry about that other stuff because you get all those fourteens kicking around. Okay, um, let me run this uh, past you. Okay, there you go. What about a druid warforged? I'm a big fan of warforged. I, they, 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 you got to have the right campaign for it because you got to decide how you're going to make magic robots work. Mm -hmm. But um. I'm a big, I, I like them. And the idea that they're partially organic and partially metal, like you could really lean into that whole, like the wooden components as like trees and stuff like that. And kind of, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Remind me what the, the fun stuff of a Warforged is. Um, constitution increases by two. Uh, another ability choice increases by one. Walking no, speed's they're, normal. They're... Uh, oh, I have advantage on saving throws against being poisoned and resistance to poison damage. Mm -hmm. Don't have to eat or drink or breathe, uh, which is kind of funny for somebody for so attuned with nature. <laughs> the only spell casting uh, class that can feed everybody in their party with one spell a day and you don't have to eat or drink. Immune to disease, 
Don't have to sleep and magic can't put me to sleep. Gain a plus one bonus to armor class. Mm -hmm. And considering the limitations on armor for druids, that's not a bad thing to have. No. I'm going to go with that. I like that. Cool. I'm rolling with what about uh, what, uh, what species are you thinking there? I confess I'm a little hung up. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I start with the concept first. Mm. And the concept that popped into my head uh, for today, as one does, I was thinking about Puritan names. Yep. <laughs> like fight the good fight of faith, Winthrop. Uh, <laughs> you know, as one yeah. does. And we, I mean, um, we, we should mention that we both live in Salem where those names were just they're on walls still to this day right like it's like you're just walking down by the bar and you see names like that engraved it's on buildings thing. i'm thinking the character it's a cleric the name is the ground split open and the beast rose shorts she goes by rose and <laughs> from that devout? i think she's not i think she's a mm -hmm. very human i think okay. she is absolutely over all this stuff she was raised for she mm -hmm. cannot get away from it so using the two um stat boost one probably and i assume in wisdom right uh i mean do i want this character character to be survivable that's the trick that, that um what is what's your rule there do you do you is it survivable and then fun or like uh let the let the dice decide my destiny uh when you're when you're building things you try to what percentage well, what percentage <laughs> I would say 70, 30 towards fun. You recall that I played a, a, a rogue for two years who couldn't pick a lock yep. or sneak. Yeah, you didn't, you you picked everything that nobody picks as a rogue as your skills. And it like, was glorious. It was fantastic. Um, also, you took a level of cleric and didn't have healing spells for a while, <laughs> if I remember correctly. So That's right. The first, not that the, kind of cleric, the, not that kind of that's right. The first healing I did was on NPC I was trying to get with. <laughs> so variant human. Any ideas on the feet? Oh, man. The feet is a tough one. Because mm -hmm. I always go Fey Touch because Fey Touch is amazing. Um, Fey Touch but is it, Misty Step and another Illusion or Charm spell, if I'm remembering right. Is that the... Uh, illusion or Enchantment spell once a day at no cost. Mm -hmm. And uh, plus one to Charisma. It's kind of but, horrifying that I know those sort of things off the top of my head already. Like, that's... I feel like feats should be something you at least have to look up. Yeah. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give her a keen mind to be annoying. Keen mind? <laughs> That's the, the DM bane. It's, uh, I don't remember it, but the DM does, and I'm going to make him tell me. That's right. Increase intelligence by one. Always know which way is north. Always know the number of hours before the next sunrise or sunset. And accurately recall anything the DM might have said that happened within one month of game time and forgot to write down. Yeah, and it's always what you forgot to write down. That's the that's the, the the trick too. Is the player always asks for something you don't know? It's not something you know off the top of your head. It's not something I've posted to the Discord that somebody asks me when they have keen mind. It's it's something that I have not written down at all anywhere. Let's go back to Colin. Okay. Um, so how, how any uh, what are you doing with the stat spread? Okay, so here's what I did with um, here's what I did with this. I dropped the fifteen into strength, one of the fifteens into strength, mm -hmm. the other one into wisdom. Dexterity for 13, Constitution for 12, Intelligence for 8, and Charisma for 7, because he's a robot. Um, and then, but my totals are going to be 16 for Strength, 13, 14 for Constitution, 8, 15, and 7. Mm -hmm. um, because I put my Warforge ability increase into Strength, and then uh, uh, I had another... I had another one that went into constitution. Have a specialized design. So I'm going to take animal handling. Okay. And for a tool with that, uh, tinkerer's tools, so that this this druid can repair themselves. So he's out there with his little little tool chest to put himself back together again. Uh-huh. But he's got like a St. Francis uh, situation. Was it St. Francis? Who I'm thinking? Franciscan monk the, that had the, the animal. He's always pictured with birds. Um, oh yeah, yeah, I'm showing my, I'm showing my, my terrible Catholic upbringing that like I remember stuff like that. But there's that the, yeah, there was some saint that is always pictured as having like a bird on his shoulder because he was friends to beasts. I suppose background is particularly important for a warforged. Like, was he made to be a druid? Do you think, or was he a? Uh, is this something that came? Did he did he abandon his life of 
something else. Great question. Can, let you think about that, and we'll pop back over to, to John and ask how it's going. With, I don't know domain background. Where do you where, 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 where you at? What are you poking around with? Going fabulously over here. Um, while Colin works on his self-preparing Frankenstein's monster, uh, <laughs> I am thinking about a war domain cleric. Nice. From a stable, happy family of holy warriors. She herself, born on the burning plains of Avernus, Avernus, what do you say? I, I go Avernus, but I've heard it both ways. Fantastic. Born to the slaughter, raised in the cause. I don't know, something bad happened and she's all set with that business now, but she's still got the proficiency in the heavy armor. She's still got the uh, connection to the deity of war. Mm. And she has no time for any of your tomfoolery or her shit. War domain. What is what? Uh, what kind of background goes for someone who's raised on the front lines of a holy war? Do you know, like with straight soldier or? or... You know, um, acolyte's the obvious one, Mm -hmm. but I think um, maybe hermit. Complete isolation. Correct. Uh, Flavor wise, you know, you've got you've got uh, perhaps a family who mm -hmm. uh, been prosecuting a a tiny futile war against the hordes of uh, evil. A bunch of paladins, a bunch of clerics in the family, and maybe the occasional distaff bard. And they don't really talk to other people. They don't really, you know, it's homeschool. <laughs> You're the homeschool cleric. <laughs> yeah, homeschooled on the, on, the, on the plains of hell. Yeah, I think they actually specifically say in the hermit background that it can be you are alone or you're like isolated with a bunch of other hermits too. It doesn't necessarily re- like suggest that you have to have been completely isolated like crazy person in the cave. You could be, I don't know, That's on right. a mountaintop or something like that. With In seclusion in a sheltered community mm. is part of the background's description. So that works. Flavor-wise, I think it plays and uh, she gets automatically skill in medicine, which, you know, you roll every session of course and maybe she gets with that survival yeah those are two is it survival and uh you can choose oh, uh, pick, right? apparently any skill according to D beyond i think survival fits best unless i wanted to go with uh perception or intimidation but i don't think she's all that mm. good at those things oh <laughs> she's good at everything he's just not particularly good not for um it's usually yeah. The, it, it, with, with the non-deviant um, rules, it usually defaults to medicine and religion, but um, medicine and survival feels like a pretty good raise on the battlefield. Yeah, I, I got to confess, I'm having a real hard time with a character who's good at everything. I, I really don't know what to do with that. <laughs> yeah, what do you do? I mean, although you're not, like, you're not, you, you didn't roll out the door with a bunch of 18s either, though. Like, a, the, um, you're you're exceptional, but not the very best at, at all of those things too with all those 14s it's just right which is a which is an adventuring hook you know maybe yep. the rest of the family are a bunch of uh chiseled gods all 18s perfect in every way and this barely mediocrity needs to make her own way the daria she, of the family but then she goes out into the first village she meets and a bunch of, bu- of villagers that max out at 10 hit points and uh, a nine or a ten in all of their stats, and and suddenly she's a superhero compared to the average person. Right, right. Mm. And uh, either gets a real big head about it, or gets impatient with uh, all the opportunities to do actual good that her family's thrown away. Performatively they, fighting against devils. Yeah. Performatively. <laughs> um, have you picked a background for your Frankenstein druid uh, robot, Colin? I did. So I'm going to go with soldier. Uh huh. I'm going with the language they speak as halfling because what I'm going to say is that a bunch of halfling, well, not a bunch, um, let's say a small clan of halflings, like a small family of halflings created this warforged, you know, whatever you want to call it, automaton or mm-hmm. uh, robot, whatever you want to say, um, to protect them on their adventures as they went through. And he started out more... Uh, as a soldier so he was a little bit more made of iron and and some steel plating and things like that and as they went and explored and discovered they started to lose parts so they started to replace it with more wooden parts and whatever they had lying around and eventually you know he outlived the small clan of halflings that had built him 
and he just kept going on and staying in the forest nature and everything like that and then he started to start tinkering with himself and building himself and then he just enjoyed the nature around him so much that he never left he just stayed there and taught himself to be a druid is um the druidic magic come from like in like is it because he kept incorporating parts of the forest in himself it, like mm -hmm. is it like a like a yeah so uh, you know we'll say it's like a magic forest so mm -hmm. once they started taking bark from magic trees or wood from magic trees that started to incorporate into his his body and it's I gave him a dice do. set for absolutely no reason. A dice set is the, the last thing that he remembers from the Halfling clan yep. was playing playing dice together. Yep. Um, all right, so we've done backgrounds. We've done actually. Let's do skills because you, you, you a soldier comes with. Uh, would you do the default? I think it's intimidation and something else. Intimidation and survival, maybe. Um, usually it's athletics and intimidation, but with the Tasha's rules, you can swap them out. What about did you did, did you look at the other cleric uh the is it cleric get two i think right at the start yeah they do and uh i went ahead and i lost track of myself and i chose <laughs> persuasion <laughs> persuasion and religion i figure that uh this person's used to having a dense thorny contentious theological and strategic arguments with family members and if you're living together and you won't let ever anything go, you really got to be good, make your case, especially mm. when all the forces of hell surely are encroaching. Um, I'm beginning to wonder if she didn't leave because she figured out something was amiss. Perhaps there was actually no threat. Or a, like a self-made, self-perpetuating problem to give them something right. to fight for. It's funny because right. when you say persuasion and religion, my first thought is like, that's, that's definitely someone who's out there proselytizing too, or is, is trained to proselytize. The first two skills they teach you in a highly religious environment is how to talk to people about your highly religious environment. Right. So then they then she gets medicine and survival from her, uh, her background, and that's mm. her four. Hmm. What about uh, so you did you're going with uh, was it survival in nature you said originally called? Uh, yeah, and survival in nature. From the druid bundle, and then you'll get two from you know, to keep athletics and yeah uh, intimidation from a soldier, or you can or you can grab two others of you. No, I think that's fine because he would have been technically a soldier. Mm -hmm. so he kind of had like his his de his default loadout uh, yeah. off the off the shelf was a uh, to be intimidating and strong. Actually, that makes because his highest stats and strength, right? So um, yeah, yeah, his boot up disc has got intimidation <laughs> on it. But you know, he, he hardly ever uses that anymore. Um, and I'm pretty sure, and really, it's campaign dependent. But I can't remember the last time I had somebody roll for intimidation yeah at not all. a lot it's right? usually uh, maybe i just play with a lot of nice players that would rather roll they'd rather persuade than intimidate i think that might be the <laughs> trick all right so we got skills we got stats we've got uh how about uh starting gear so you can kind of tell us what these guys look like when they walk out the door um okay so my guy uh you know what i should i'm gonna make this character a non-binary character okay that's what i'm gonna do so they would use a wooden shield. Mm -hmm. And any simple melee weapon. Let's go with let's go with a let's go with a javelin. Javelin? I like that. Ooh. Javelin or spear? Javelin. I I thought about a spear. And I, to be honest, I was kind of just on the fence. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking in game mechanics term you the the spear the javelin is meant to be thrown and the spear is meant to be and it does i actually don't know what the difference is in real life myself but the mechanics are you can throw one and the other one is more of a in hand thing but i think um, physically a javelin is more aerodynamic and like there's no it doesn't have that shape at the yeah it's just like straight mm -hmm. and it's much lighter it's not got a yeah stick no, on it yeah is he going to be a, is he going to be one of those scimitar carrying druids or is he going to be something else? No, because it told me scimitar or a simple melee yeah. weapon. Oh, actually, oh, shield or oh, sorry, yeah, I'm misreading. Yeah. It was either a shield or a melee weapon, and then a scimitar or a melee weapon. So I'll go with a wooden shield and a javelin, and then I get uh, a sprig of mistletoe, a totem, a wooden staff, a yew wand, or a druidic focus. What is what would what would he cast through? 
Or is that your caster? That's a good question. And actually, we're, we're going to have to have the same question. Uh, is if uh, if there's a spellcasting focus for Ro Rose? Rose. That's right. So Rose gets uh, a mace or a warhammer. I'm going with a warhammer. Chainmail. Light crossbow. And look, let's be honest, guys. If if generally a cleric is getting into melee combat, something's going horribly wrong, but she is a war domain cleric, so probably mm. it's fine. Let's give her a light crossbow, a priest's pack, which includes mm. a backpack, blanket, 10 candles, tinderbox, an alms box, two blocks of incense, a censer, vestments, two days of rations, and a water skin. Strong bias towards living off others there. Is, is an alms box like for donations? Yeah. That's so uh, she you, could, it, you shakes it in the altar for the poor. Yeah. That is something that we don't make enough use of for entertainment purposes in games. Yeah. If every cleric can start off with an alms box and actually do some godly panhandling. Yeah. Do you mean like some, some like street side religious busking? <laughs> <laughs> right. She also gets a ton of other stuff, apparently, from Hermit. Uh, oh, yep. she gets a shield and a holy symbol, which I've chosen a reliquary. Mm -hmm. The relic is um, the first two finger bones of her great-grandfather, who was a great paladin, who struggled mightily against the hordes. Super old-school religion, and depending on where the listener is in the world, either extremely creepy or very historically accurate actually right she also gets a scroll case stuffed full of notes from her studies or prayers a winter blanket set of common clothes an herbalism kit and five whole gold pieces i i looked at a recent character that i drafted up and forgot that i was like why do i have a winter blanket listed on my stats <laughs> where does that even come from they're hermit it was like why a winter why specifically a winter blanket like i didn't for not for the life of me remember where it came from is there a summer blanket? I mean, you know, a light sheet. Like the, the, the hermit comes with a duvet. <laughs> oh, no. Duvets are so hard to clean. <laughs> you got right? to figure out which way it's up. Forever. You got to put yeah. it in the right direction. And the you hermit's all by themselves. Like, it's really a two-person job. To put oh, it's it absolutely together. a two-person <laughs> job. This hermit can't put that back together. They're going to give up. They're going to clean it. And then it's going to be too much work to put it back together. Um, well, then the duvet cover becomes an extra bag. A duvet of holding. A duvet of holding. I'm putting that into D&D &D Beyond. Um, I, think, uh, I, I think Rose is more of a counterpane gallon. Right? <laughs> so I am going to have a druidic focus. What, what, is it, what, what do you got? I'm going to have it be like, um, let's say it's like kind of almost Iron Man style. It's going to be in the middle of their chest, but it's mm -hmm. going to be like a, a, a knot in a tree. So like the, you know, the thick knots in the middle. So that'll be in the middle of their chest um, and that'll be the druidic focus. And I took away like the common clothes because it doesn't need it. Mm -hmm. And I took away any gold that it was giving me, doesn't need it. And the only item they really have is a uh, broken blade, which I imagine is like the last thing from the halflings. Pommel mm -hmm. the handle of, of the a very small halfling sword. Yeah, sort of like broken off, just just above it. And you can um, you can kind of you, you get some leeway on how big a warforged is. I think bigger because in my mind, I would imagine the halflings on like ladders going up to <laughs> to finish building them. You know, almost scaffolding around them. Mm -hmm. I would say not giant, but probably a little bit bigger than human size. So maybe. Like Six, like an orc feet. size kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Orc size would be good. That's funny. Uh, picturing this lot, like lumbering war machine, following these halflings around, and they're like riding ponies in front of him or them. Like, uh -huh. um, that's a that's. Uh, what, what's what's the uh, physical look on on Rose? Rose Schwartz. Was it the last Schwartz. Name? Well, look. Um, let's be respectful. Use her full name. And the earth broke open, and the beast rose. Schwartz. Um, I'd imagine that she's probably got a lot of, of curly brown hair. Um, not incredibly tall, five, five, four, five, five, round face. 
she's got the chain mail and she wears it. You know, there's a 14 strength. Mm. Um, so, and a warhammer. So, despite the fact she's got, not got a huge stature, um, imposing, it probably has sort of a permanent um, intent scowl that she just, her resting, her resting face that she forgets um, she's wearing. Resting smash face. Resting smash face. <laughs> uh, exactly. Um, but secretly, so you... she really likes cake. <laughs> every, every really grumpy character needs to have a soft spot. Right. Um, what about any thoughts on spells for either of you? Yeah, I've got some. Yeah, uh, what would you go with? Two cantrips I get. I went with Druidcraft and Mending because that seems like it would come in handy. Mm. Uh, I would assume that they could mend themselves. Yes. I think Warforged, because they're magical biological creatures, heal. Like, cause heal. It, it's funny because constructs can't be healed with healing spells, but Warforged can. Like the the wording is specific so that you're not handicapping your character yeah. like in game. Like your friends can't help you, um, kind of a thing. But like mending could like that could be a real character like concept kind of a thing where they're always like mending dents and you know fixing broken branches from their wooden yeah. parts and stuff like that. That'd be good. So yeah, druidcraft mending absorb elements. Mm -hmm. uh, absorb elements, if I can speak right entangle and speak with animals so aside from entangle almost no combat spells at all going with like a are they like they're like a pacifist kind of a concept yeah that's what i was thinking hmm. yeah, there's no no attack uh i mean if they have to they pull out their javelin and start doing what they got to do but yeah um but you know way, I, I would think that they had lived long enough to kind of and they probably defended the 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 halflings. They probably definitely yeah, the, the, the other one is trademarked. We can't say it on the yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> didn't say the word. I don't think I don't think we get I don't think we get in trouble for saying the word. But it was just you catching yourself it's like nope 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 wrong 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 universe. That's wrong universe. Um, I would imagine that they had fought for the halflings and probably killed for the halflings. But, mm. you know, as time went on, they began to respect the nature that they were built out of and wish for a more peaceful life. So they probably mm. not necessarily run away from anybody around or anybody they see, but probably does a good bit of business to avoid interactions if they can. Mm. Much more at home with animals and nature. Um, I was like the that the concept of like really leaning away from what you feel like you have to take for spells or something like that like get like what what, what what's the re, what's the uh buy-in to play a level one character and just going with something mm -hmm. not, not necessarily suboptimal but alternate to what you, what the expectations are what's uh and uh and you get how many spells at, at level one with as a druid and it's two cantrips and is it four real fast uh two cantrips and three regular spells and a ritual spell there you go. How is what, what's what's the loadout for? And the earth broke open and the beast rose out. Short, may I get that right? Pretty close, yeah. I'm trying. <laughs> I'll, hey, I'll I'll let you have it. So um, I'm playing contrary to type and building a very viable character here. So um, she gets three cantrips and I loaded guidance, mm -hmm. toll the dead, and. I didn't choose a third one. So I guess I'll go with Spare the Dying. Mm. Thinking about her training, um, come on, you always load out guidance. Yeah. Told the dead's awfully good once you started killing something. Uh, and Spare the Dying is wonderful battlefield use. Yeah. Um, told the dead if you're a war priest might actually be better than, than it would be on any other because, it, you know, you, you, you get a little bit of survivability there. You wallop them once and then you can maximize that because it's a saving throw, not a ranged spell attack. You know, if you can yep. get if you get one shot in, you can try to finish them off with Troll the Dead. Exactly. And um, if you have to beat a retreat, you can still try and do your damage. Mm -hmm. um, and thematically, I think that that works better for this character than Sacred Flame. It, that uh, definitely, it definitely feels more like of a war drum kind of vibe than a 
holy fire. Although, depends on her accent, yeah. I suppose. I, I, yeah, either way, it could work. <laughs> um, she always, she already comes with divine favor uh, as a as a domain freebie and shield of faith. That's um, right. The the, divine, the 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 freebies from war. Those are the two that come at level one, right? That's right. Uh, divine favor empowers you. Your prayer empowers you with divine radiance, and your weapon attacks deal an extra one d four radiant on hit. I've never used that. I really ought to. Shield of Faith gives you a plus two AC for 10 minutes of concentration. And I've given her protection for evil and good, guiding bolts, and, uh, bless, besides. And I think, honestly, as I look at this character and this build, it's way more viable and normal and optimized than I would normally build something. So I think I would have to play her against type. Mm -hmm. The armor chafes. Um, <laughs> the religion was real boring. The, the hymns that they taught were just grim and all she wants to do is take off boots and sit in the sun and listen to someone play some music and maybe drink some wine or some whiskey and maybe punch something once in a while but just don't oh god don't make me put the armor on you know I, I am going to have to at some point name a character grim hymns that's a great, great name or phrase. I, that, that, I'm writing it down. Yeah, we're all writing it down to use Grim Hymns. Who can get to it first? All right, so we've got down to spells. Uh, we did feats, we did skills. I said accents, but I'm not kidding. Like, what do these guys sound like? Okay, by the way, my druid's name is TRS3. It doesn't stand for anything. I love this. TRS3. I I was thinking I was thinking for a half second, maybe since they're halflings, maybe it was like T right smart three. Because it's the <laughs> third one they tried to build. And maybe it's, it didn't. Maybe, maybe T maybe RS3 started out a little bit smarter. And then the more wood that got planked in just, there is just the, the Intel score went down and down and down. Like and he never took on the halfling surname, right? Like no, it's not no, no, like no, no. TRS three green toes or something. Nope, no, no, nope. It's just TRS three. Um, the the one the one that worked. Yeah, the one the instead one of the boy worked. who lived, it's the one that worked. You know, as far as a voice, I would have to say, you know, it probably sounds like it probably sounds like uh if you have ever taken like the face off of a watch and you hear the gears going and the winding like that kind of sound but then echoed in like a wooden chamber so sort of you get that mechanical tinking whenever they speak but it's echoed in a hollow wooden crevasse but he, but he's speaking common, or like, or they, they, they're not using, they're using words, or are they just like, it's just like noise coming out of their. It's words. Uh, it's words. I think they only speak halfling. Well, no, everybody speaks. No, they, yeah, they think, they think common is default for. Yeah, I guess everybody speaks. I think Warforged probably. What is it? You get the extra language because of Warforged, right? Yes. And you do speak, they do speak Druidic. <laughs> oh, that's true too. Yeah. Wait, I want to. I want to back up, Matt. I'm going to challenge you on this. Um, you just okay. said everybody speaks common. Well, that's what the rules say. But oh, I would never say. I would never say someone who didn't want to speak common doesn't <laughs> it has to take. And I'm just saying, I'm pretty sure the book just drops common into like. Yeah, you are correct. Um, it does say I can read and write common in addition to. In that addition language. to that's it. Yeah. So I, mean, I actually think honestly, I had. I had a second choice for a language, but I just went with con with halfling both times because there's no, I don't think there would be I, any need for them. My um my, I would love someday to come up with a world setting that has other languages, like yeah. not common but like regional languages. But it's one more thing to stress me out. Like I just realized the other day, like there's no calendar in the setting that I use for four different campaigns so i made up the days of the week like just because a couple years into it it's like oh i've never made up days of the week maybe i should um but languages would, is a rabbit hole that does not have a lot of handholds as you go down it no it's it's very dm dependent too like if you're ever going to use other languages or 
there's always that one player that takes deep speech. Mm-hmm. Right. You're welcome. <laughs> and you, you better. I mean, I personally love to throw things that speak deep speech at players. So like, it's a good bet if you're playing in one of my campaigns, deep speech undercommon definitely useful but not necessarily every campaign world um what is what does ms schwartz or sister schwartz what what, what, are the, what is there a religious uh, connotation there uh she's left that far behind all right um it's probably a um family secret that she finds embarrassing mm-hmm. something like defender of the faith schwartz and you gotta <laughs> say the whole thing like you can't just say uh, defender. You have to say the whole thing, otherwise it's. That's right. It's it's. Uh, a, you're not being rigorous enough, and there's it, devils outside. It's a faux pas. Right. Um, uh, I, I I I think she sounds like uh, the actress Catherine Hahn. Mm-hmm. Um, you oh, know, on on sardonic. Right. You know that sort of uh, the brassy voice. You know, really enunciates um, on. And when she gets headed up, you know, on full blast, uh, which, if I was to play the character, would get me out of having to do any voice work other than uh, <laughs> sonority. Um, is is this one of those religion religious community escapees who has a hometown accent that she doesn't use? Absolutely, of course. I mean, if you think about it, a, a, a small religious community camped out on Avernus trying to bring down the, the hordes of, of, of the Infernal on their own would probably evolve their own vocabulary, their own accent, their own folkways, their own weird everything. And so, again, the Herbert background, you know, it's just like, what, d- d- doesn't everybody like stick their finger in their beer to test it? You know? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just picturing... The first time she runs into like in the campaign runs into someone from her old life and it's like when i talk to my parents and my my on the phone and my boston accent comes back right you know like oh people didn't know about that, that about me oops <laughs> like is, is it is, is it like or is it more like a customs thing for her i i think you're exactly right like if, if she ever meets somebody from the old life to kind of roaring back and I, if i was to play it i'd probably play it I'm from Northeastern Ohio and, um, you know, the, the vowels get a little wider, you know, mm-hmm. Akron, Ohio, not Akron. Uh, and there's a little whiff of, um, West Virginia twang sometimes. So I, I think speaking faster, widen the vowels and twang mm-hmm. a little, and suddenly she's no longer this brassy over articulate. I'm going to hold you to what you said. Um, kind of, kind of firebrand. She's an entirely different sort of vibe exactly as exhausting um just just a, a complete you know or as as rigorous uh but very different uh mm. very different origin um would either of you assign i'm not i've never been lo- locked in on alignments as being like set in stone but do, do you have one in mind like where would your starting off point would be for either of these two You know, I think for RS3, what about um, what about true neutral? You know, old school druids had to be true neutral. Like in earlier editions, you didn't have a choice. You had to be true neutral. I, one of the things I like is that they pulled like paladins don't have to be lawful good. Um, oh. Druids don't have, to be, don't have to be true neutral. Like you can bury things now. And you, but before, like played a druid, you were true neutral. And, because you know, in my mind, I'm thinking they were definitely programmed and their mm-hmm. programming was to defend these halflings. So once the halflings are gone, the programming is either gone or open for interpretation. So they don't necessarily have to care about good and evil. You know, mm-hmm. they are just doing their own thing in the forest, in the woods and could just give a shit about the world outside of it. Very druidic. And is Rose, does Rose's alignment match her family's? <laughs> oh, that... Heavens no. Uh, I, I think her family's probably lawful neutral. Mm-hmm. Um, convince themselves are lawful good, but really the ends justify the means. Um, and, and she's probably drifted somewhere into the uh, neutral good territory. Um, lawful good when 
um, she's pissed off. Mm-hmm. I was like, I like neutral good as of the meh good. Like, you're a good person. You just don't want to get involved all the time. Like, it's it's a good alignment for a character who isn't necessarily particularly strongly pulled. The call to what would be a call to action to get either of these two moving? Like, what would get um, RS? Shoot, I forgot. RS three. RS three is get get them out of the woods. And what would what would get Rose moving into the world? Other than stay away from her family. (laughs) (laughs) I think for RS three, the only thing that would really do it at this point is if there was some sort of deforestation happening, or Mm -hmm. you know, if uh, if the trees were starting to get knocked down, if somebody was going to encroach on the woods, or You know, even something more organic like a dragon was going to burn it down or, or or harming it in some way, because that is what they care about now. The halflings mm. are gone. That's what they care about. Um, they have an an emotional tie to the woods and to nature now, because they're part of it. Literally, literally, like it's built into their years so, and DNA. You know, to them, clear cutting the woods or the trees or whatever that would be the same as attacking them personally I, did i make a greenpeace character i think you did i think i no, might have yeah, no because greenpeace, greenpeace is more aggressive that's true you're, you're right you're right you're right you made a nimby character <laughs> ouch no 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 I, I, i'm getting strong monkey wrench gang vibes yeah. <laughs> get off my lawn you know, Colin, as you're uh, describing that that setting, I, I think I could see and the earth split open and the beast rose Schwartz in the same pastoral setting. Um, you know, imagining her raised, you know, among volcanic ash and red rock where very little grows and having to make her own way. The first time that she really gets into a, a space with green growing things, trees, the smell of earth, birds that aren't trying to kill you openly. Uh, she would probably be absolutely taken by that if there was a, a, a halfling community and a human community and there's this weird weird construct in the woods that takes care of the woods i think she would become um a really strong def- like defender of that especially if there was some place that made really good bread oh yeah <laughs> you know yeah and so these creature comforts and these these modest homely things uh, become her new cause. And if she quests, it's because these things are in danger everywhere or specifically locally. Uh, And maybe she every once in a while uh, ventures into the woods to see if she can figure out what's going on with this weird partially wood creature who takes care of the woods and once in a while ask if it's okay if they can cut down that really nice walnut tree to make a bureau if Ooh. permissible oh yeah yeah i'm not that I'm would pi- be good i'm picturing rs3 like you don't even see them until they stand up like they kind of blend yep. into the background and then you can you notice the eyes first and then they they, they like very swamp thing kind of a vibe well because um, they can stay perfectly still right because they don't even don't, have, don't to have to breathe. sleep don't have to eat don't have to breathe Mm-mm. so um, they blend right in all right, anything you want to add uh, in, about your creations for this evening? I think I'm going to bring her on as an NPC in one of my campaigns or try to play her in one of yours, Matt. It, I've, I don't think we've rolled one up yet that I haven't wanted to do something with, like either as an NPC or to play in a one shot or like they, this is, it's funny what you can get in really about a half an hour per player mm-hmm. um, coming up with things. And, you know, so I'll tack on one thing about rs3 i think way down the line they would have replaced so much of themselves that the last thing that they replace is so wooden that they just stop working Mm -hmm. and become part of the forest like eventually that gear that last gear that's made out of wood because they use their tinkerers tools set and made it Mm. eventually that just gives way and they slowly stop and just become a a you know roughly humanoid shaped tree in the forest, and that becomes some kind of legend for the surrounding communities too. The this go see the go see the 
the, the spirit that walked of the like forest. a human or the spirit of the forest or yeah. you know ghost of the forest probably yeah. ghost of the and woods that's that's genuinely a, a beautiful ending to that yeah and, and that's how you get ghosts and it yeah. even it even it even works with um mechanically too because the druids where they stop aging and like it would have to be they'd have to voluntarily take themselves because druids eventually become basically immortal if they make it to level mm -hmm. 20 so they'd have to make the choice to replace that last piece and become part of the forest that they'd probably spent centuries defending and they would have been very aware that that's what's going to happen but you know also their parts wear out yeah so it's partly it's partly the fact that they're okay with that but also mm. the fact that they have no choice. That's a really profound little coda for, for, for the character. That's pretty, of, course, of course, we're playing D&D, so they'd have to survive <laughs> 20 levels yeah. and retire, or you know, survive the campaign and not have like... <laughs> actually, actually, they were destroyed by a, someone didn't kept find, find a trap in a dungeon somewhere and like... Uh, <laughs> We always have don't write your don't write the character's ending before before the end of the campaign. Nope. So, and then and I nope. made uh TRS3, a druidic warforged. And John, you made and the earth split open and the beast rose schwartz, a uh, variant human cleric. Not bad, guys. Not, Not bad, bad at all. Um, you usually do the outro. I'm gonna try to wing it here. Colin, where can people find you? Uh where can, can they find us? <laughs> <laughs> There we go. That's all well, you far. you and us. There's both. <laughs> um, so they can find us at charactersinclass.com or on all the social medias at C in class pod. Um, and if you want to email us, you can do that too at charactersclass at gmail.com. And we're and on every are, Monday. And you are located as in your author form at colincarlton.com or Colin at Colin Carlton on um face uh ooh, wait what was oh my boy <laughs> what's my own it's, what's my own handles it's, um it's, it's either at colin carlton or at colin carlton vo forgetting all the important information i and i am at, at matthewfillion.com or matt fillion on twitter and instagram and all those other places um john do you have a public presence or are you a private D, &D player who does not want people to know how to find and follow you online <laughs> Don't worry, I will find you. Perfect. In your most unsettling dreams. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thanks uh, for coming like on and, and being our being our poor first victim as we try to figure out how to invite uh, new voices to join in and make some characters with us. Appreciate your uh, flexibility. Yeah. Yes, it's yeah. my pleasure. If you have me back, I promise I will make you a monk with a wisdom of six. Incredible. This has been fun, guys. Yeah. All right. Have a great night, that everybody. Is. Thanks for listening.